Welcome to the Expert Speak Podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. And welcome to another episode of Experts Speak. I'm Michael DeLon. Today, I'm talking with Ethan Incana. And well, Ethan, first of all, thank you for uh, taking some time to be my guest today. Michael, I'm delighted to be here with you. So first and foremost, thank you for opening the space today for the conversation. Man, you're, you're, uh, you're welcome. Um, Ethan is a one of a kind right now, which is really cool. He has started the first agency um, that helps negotiate physicians pay if i say so so think think sports people tiger woods and all they always have agents who negotiate for them that's what ethan does for physicians so i'm really excited nathan to dive into this because it's a, a brand new concept i think at least it was for me tell me ethan how in the world did you get to doing this you know michael my story unlike the Bill Gates and the um, the Jeff Bezos. My story was one of kind of tragedy. Mm -hmm. I got laid off from a job. I wanted to be a hospital CEO. I, my mom is a physician. Okay. So me working in hospitals was my way of being in the family business, not being smart enough to be a doctor. And so about six years into um, a job I had here, I got unexpectedly laid off. Okay. And that was really um, a moment of reckoning for me because my entire identity was wrapped up in my job title, my salary. I didn't know who I was without that. And so, frankly, that was the catalyst to then spark this question why don't doctors have agents like professional athletes? My favorite sport is basketball. And so I started to process the journey of professional basketball players alongside the journey of doctors. And they're very similar hmm. with one key exception. Professional athletes, basketball players hire an agent to negotiate their multi-million dollar contracts and doctors don't. And so that's where I felt like there was an opportunity in the market for someone with my background 15 years in healthcare, law degree, MBA, now using what I learned on the other side of the table to add value for doctors and contract negotiations. And then just to kind of bring it home, we often use the term, the Jerry Maguire for doctors. Mm -hmm. So many people know that movie and it helps maybe crystallize the work that we do with doctors. There you go. Um, fat, this is fascinating. So you help, um, so unpack a little bit for some of my listeners. I mean, there are physicians out there going, okay, tell me more. Doctors negotiate their own pay when they work at a hospital. Is that is that the deal versus being a private practice or do you help them as well? Yeah, Michael, you're spot on. I think that's an important distinction as well. The overwhelming majority of the doctors I work with have co employment contracts just like a professional athlete might. And those contracts can be for a number of years. And the reason it's important for doctors to have advocacy here is because just like professional athletes, doctors go through 20, 25 years of training, residency, fellowship, med school, 
and they come out with zero preparation on how to negotiate their contract, their salary, to understand what's in it. And those doctors get blindsided by the business of medicine because they haven't been prepared for um, kind of the, the maybe less fluffy side of healthcare, which is it's a business. Hospitals have to generate revenue and spoiler alert, doctors are the primary revenue generators for hospitals. Right. Yeah. And I assume the hospital might look at it and say, well, if we could only pay them X, then we can make more profit. And the doctor's kind of in a weird spot there negotiating their own thing where you can come alongside and say, oh, no, no, no. My guy or gal is worth way more than that because of X, Y, and Z or something. Is that kind of where it is? Spot for someone who doesn't just learn about this, you know exactly how it works, Michael. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. And, you know, when I worked in hospitals, one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough is how CEOs and executives are compensated. And you mm-hmm. just talked about it. What, as a CEO, my compensation, at least in part, is predicated on revenue over expenses. And shockingly, guess what's an expense? Physician salaries, right? So yeah. the lower physician salaries are, the chances are for higher revenue, which means that as an executive or CEO, I'm going to benefit from that. Yeah, which is really interesting because I, I figure most doctors, especially coming out of college, are hungry for a job. And so they're probably going to take whatever is given to them, I'm guessing. But even if you're a physician and, and let's say you're working in Denver, Colorado, if you want to make more money, I'm assuming in, in your mind, you're like, I've got to go to Cleveland Clinic or I've got to go to Mayo Clinic. And the truth is you might not have to do that if you had Ethan working on you. Is that how they think? You're, you're absolutely right. And if I can just illustrate what you just mentioned with just a quick story. Sure. Uh, I just worked with a group of six OBGYN doctors, all women, and I just absolutely adore each of them. And those doctors initially called me and said, Ethan, we're employed by a national health system. We want to go private practice. And I said, you know, that's a major shift for doctors who have been accustomed to employment. Like you said, private practice is a different beast. And so when we started to talk about what was important to the doctors, it really turned out that they wanted a voice at the table. They wanted to be able to have a schedule that felt that they could give the time to their patients that they, the patients deserved. They, they also wanted some support from administration for the plans that they had to continue to grow the practice. And so ultimately, these doctors were at a stalemate with their employer. They hired me. The very first thing that I do is I don't talk to your current employer first because they all say the same thing, not interested. Yeah. So instead, I go talk to their competitors right in town. No Cleveland clinics, no, unless you live, live there, right. <laughs> but, but I'm talking to the employers in your town. And of course, these doctors as dynamic and amazing as they were, and they, they are, they received a multitude of offers. So long story short, what ended up happening is we brought that offer back to the employer and it came down to, Ethan, what number do we have to hit to keep these doctors? And that's something that I don't think doctors fully appreciate is that employers very rarely will make adjustments to doctors' pay and contracts unless there's legitimate leverage. And in my experience, the only legitimate leverage is a competing offer. Right. No, I love that because unfortunately, that's how most employers are anyway. 
And it's it's not until you sit down and say, hey, I've I've got a better offer. I'm going somewhere else. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Because they understand exactly. the, the pain and the expense of rehiring six doctors. Uh, and the training where now it's like, okay, no, this is this is going to be, be really good. Okay, so what about another idea? I mean, thought I had is physicians who are who are running their own thing, but now they're going to go into this privatized medicine. So they're going to start charging to have a private clientele. How does that play into things? Because that's a major shift too, right? Absolutely. And I wouldn't say that every doctor is a good fit for either model because there are right. very distinct differences, Michael, that oh, yeah. can impact your lifestyle, your earnings. Uh, and, I, and I find that in my experience working with doctors exclusively, they want three things. They want control of their schedule, they want a seat at the table, and they want to be paid fairly for their work. And so my job is to help create that environment for them. So for doctors who work in maybe a more private practice setting, things like what are your after hours responsibilities? You have to grow your own patient panel, do your own marketing, hiring and firing, all of those things that are more business functions than they are clinical functions, yeah. but very essential in running a business. So to your point, Michael, that's why some doctors prefer to go the employment route because all of that business extracurricular is managed for them. Well, it is. And, and I love what you said at the beginning. It, it's not a right or a wrong. It's an either or based on you because there is a, there is a great um, comfort in knowing that I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to work these many hours. Here's what happens. And oh, yes, I do have a say in what's going on. Um, and I'm paid fairly. I mean, sometimes that's a comfortable lifestyle. Great. So exactly. it, it's not an either or. And I think, Ethan, you, you could probably help physicians think through these discussions. But primarily, you are the advocate for that physician. And so many times, unfortunately, doctors get a bad rap because they're stuck in a system that many times they don't have control over with the, the pharmaceuticals and the hospitals and things. But you're coming to, to their aid to go, I'm going to be your voice and, and help you get what you truly deserve. Is, exactly. is that a fair summary? That is spot on, Michael. And actually, it, it, it brings up a conversation I had with a doctor just yesterday. And I'll credit my wife by, by, by sharing that when I initially started, my mission was to help doctors make more money full stop. And if something came into conflict with that, well, the doctor wants a better schedule. It's like, well, no, what about more money? And I have grown over the years to realize that not every doctor is motivated by the same things. Right. And just yesterday I told a client, my job is to make sure that you're happy with the result of us working together. Yeah. So that for some that may mean money, for some that may mean title, promotion, I want more time, so do the job search for me. But ultimately, my job is to make sure that the doctor is happy. And just like doctors have to do, I'll present you with options. Here's the options from the, the best outcome for you to the least desirable outcome. And here's the risks and benefits associated with each one. And I'll help guide you along the journey for each of those. But I see my work, one, as a teacher to help doctors, one, have the tools to understand how to advocate for themselves, 
and then secondarily as a guide for those who want to go along the journey together. Yeah, I love that. And I, I loved how at the beginning you 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 uh, put this right alongside in parallel with the sports world because we all get that. And, and the the um, entertainment world with, with actors, like Jerry Maguire, right? Um, yep. There is no Jerry Maguire. It's Tom Cruise. Guess what? Tom Cruise has a guy like you, right? All of these these people have this, and it's a it's an ongoing relationship because as a physician, it's not a one and done deal. I mean, how often do you hire at the first hospital you ever go and you're going to stay there for the next 40 years? Might happen, but you're going to grow as a physician. You're going to get better. Your your skill level should go up. Your your compensation should go up. Your time off should go up. How do you negotiate all that? Because it's a little awkward sometimes, honestly, to go back to your employer and say, um, <clears throat> let's see, um, I've been here six years and I'd really like to have a pay raise as a, as a physician. I've said those exact words, Michael. No. I tell, so I was with Stanford Dermatology just last week and I said exactly what you said. If you go to your employer and just have this awkward conversation about, I want to make more money, that's going to be uncomfortable for everybody. I'm, I'm with you, Michael. So yeah. what I encourage doctors to do is have a short and nimble contract, two to three years, you know, anything beyond that must be uh, balanced with benefit of some sort. But I say two to three years, because to your point, Michael, Scottie Pippen is a really good example to go back to the basketball example. Sure. You're going to be really proficient by year three. And you don't want to be paid on your rookie contract when you have five years of experience. And so this is a conversation I had with a pediatrician just late last week, which was, it is completely appropriate, as uncomfortable as it might be, it's completely appropriate when your contract comes up for renewal after your, you know, what we call a rookie contract, it's completely appropriate to now reevaluate and say, now that I have five years of experience, I'd like for my contract and compensation to reflect my experience and contribution to the organization. So it's, it's a completely fair conversation to have. But if physicians don't have that natural time to come back to it, it can get really awkward. Yeah. And, and with your background, your expertise, you understand to go to that negotiating table to with the benefit of the hospital in mind, in this case, to go... Yes, we're going to ask for more money, but look at what it's going to do for you and your patient care, your bottom line. We're here to help you long term. Is it? I mean, you bring all that to the table, right? Yeah, and I think one of the misconceptions about my work is that I'm an adversary. Right. And the fact is, I want for the hospital to keep the doctor. There's only been over three years. There's only been one situation where I've had a doctor that has moved from their current employer to another employer. So I hope that it's abundantly clear. I want you to keep your doctor and I want for us to find terms that everybody's happy with. Yeah. So I know from a decade and a half working in hospitals that me entering the conversation with just that plea is not sufficient. Right. Yeah. So I have to bring in a little bit of a carrot, which is, if you're not willing to pay your doctor, I have three competitors here in town who are. Right. Yeah. And that, that at least gets the conversation, doesn't it? It'll get the, at least it gets their attention usually. Yeah. And, and and really, that's what you need to open a dialogue because anything like this, whether it's a first time job or a, you're, you're a seasoned physician, it really is a conversation. And and 
unless you're just being treated like garbage, you probably want to stay because changing jobs and hospitals, there's a nightmare with all of the paperwork and all of that stuff, right? It's much better to stay where you are. And that's usually the heart behind it. It's just that, and like you said, it's, it's not always money. Maybe it's like, I need an extra week off or I need, what it, what is it? And you provide a voice for the physician to kind of think out loud and say, what's going on? And, and here's what I really want. And then to be their advocate to the, to their employer, to the community to say, here's here's where we believe this physician deserves to be. Here's why. Here's the benefit to you. How can we how can we make a win 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 situation exactly. here? That, right. That's spot on, Michael. And I really liked the word use the word conversation. Yeah. I use that word all the time when we're talking about contracts and negotiation because I think words matter. Mm-hmm. And there can be a stigma sometimes with negotiation. People think, well, you must be aggressive or hostile or adversarial. And the fact of the matter is, that's not how anybody would describe me. I want to help the hospital keep their doctor and at the same time recognize the contribution uh, that the doctor makes to the organization as well as what they've done over the last few years. And so I think you used a a really good um, segue into the fact that it truly is a, a conversation and it's not me versus them. It's us versus the problem. Yes. And how can we all work together to solve it? So what I think when doctors understand that one, you do deserve to be paid what you've worked so hard for. And two, there's a process to getting that. I think doctors are much more open to stepping into their power and asking for what they know they deserve. Yeah, that's good. Do you do you find that's that's very interesting. Um, do you find a um a reticence, a hesitancy on the part of the physician, but also on the part of the hospital when you first make those? How does what's what's going on there? This is where I like Michael. I was telling you I can nerd out. Yeah, I, all I'm doing is thinking of conversations I've had over the last week. Yeah, because. This hits on all of those things that you just said. So I'm going to break those apart into the two parts that you asked, because I think they're distinct and it's important. Yeah. Doctors do not like conflict and they do not want to go into negotiations with employers because it is an inherently tension filled experience. And it's hard for everyone, not just doctors. Negotiation is super uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for me in my time as a W-2 employee. But I also understood that my job is to make back what I know I should be paid. And I have to do that through negotiation, as uncomfortable as it is. But for doctors, what I find is they don't like the confrontation. What they don't know, though, is doctors are good negotiators in different contexts. So you or I may go, I was at my primary care just yesterday and we were talking about coming off of my blood pressure medication. So she said, in exchange for that, Ethan, you have to make some lifestyle changes, right? Things that I don't necessarily want to do, but she negotiated with me to say, all right, if this is the benefit you want, then here's what you're going to have to give up in exchange for that. Right. And so I always encourage doctors that they are good negotiators, but in a different context. 
Hmm. And what I've seen, Michael, is that doctors will come into, when I worked in hospitals, they would come into the CEO's office and say, CEO, I want more money because Dr. Smith got it. Or I want new equipment because Dr. Jones got it. And I always just remember the CEO never taking those conversations very seriously and kind of laughing the doctor out of the room. And what I encourage doctors to do now is to educate yourself on how to ask for what you're asking for. Right. Because there is an art and I, and I believe a science to doing that. Yeah. Now, secondarily, the second part that you mentioned is on the employer side. And I tell every doctor, because this is the reality, every employer is going to say no first. And being non-confrontational, many doctors say, okay, well, thanks, at least I asked. Right. But the reality of it is, is in order for you to improve your batting average, to improve your success, improve your success rate, you must ask in the right way. And I was asked by an OBGYN, well, what about the times that you don't get the doctors more money? And I said, that hasn't happened yet because mm -hmm. I don't work with every doctor. Yeah. I work with the doctors who understand that they do deserve better and they're willing to go out there and ask for it. But the most important factor in my experience for doctors to get the value that they want is by getting a competing offer in mm -hmm. town. Don't pick your family up and move. Don't uproot your social life and your school district. Find a competing offer in town. Get them to pay for your non-compete violation penalty. And then you can move over seamlessly to your new employer and make a bunch more money and be happier. But that. that's also the way for your employer to step in and say, okay, hold on, not so fast. Let's, let's see what we can do to keep the conversation going. Yeah, that's great. I heard that years ago. No is an interesting opening negotiating position. <laughs> I love that. I that's love all that. it is, brother. It's just a beginning of a conversation. Go, okay, yeah. well, let's yep. talk about that. What does no mean to you, right? And then you go back and do all your stuff. So getting a competing offer in town is great. It takes a lot of time, takes a lot of research, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of things doctors don't want to do. That's why you should reach out to Nathan and say, hey, I've got a question. Can I make more money? Can I have more time off? Can I get new equipment? Can I, can I, can I? And, and have the conversation with Nathan and his team to go, here's how we work. Here's who we work with. Here's the process. Uh, because I'm sure there's some conversations that have to be had uh, before you um, take on a new client. But think about the, um, the privileges of having an agent and, and somebody who can be your advocate, not just now, but maybe five or 10 or 20 years from now, as your expertise, your skill level grows to be compensated properly, whether that's financial, time off, seat at the table, new title, you name it. It's all negotiable. And Ethan's the man who can uh, help you out. Ethan, we could talk for, for many hours, okay? I got a lot of questions. Um, it's fascinating what you're doing. How do people, uh, how, do, how do physicians, because you work only with physicians, how do physicians get a hold of you? What would be their next step? Yeah, you know, there's two ways that people get in contact with us. And the two audiences that we tend to talk to most, Michael, are doctors, first and foremost. And then secondarily, it's financial advisors. We find that financial advisors tend to work with doctors who value making more money and then in turn have more money to invest with their advisor. And so we have found really symbiotic partnership with financial advisors who work with doctors. 
And the best way to find us is on our socials. So first our Instagram, which is Physician Agency. And then on LinkedIn, it's just my first and last name. First name, Ethan. Last name, N is in November, K-A-N-A. I love it. Okay. I will grab those. We'll have those in the show notes as well so that you can reach out to Ethan and begin to look. If you're a physician, absolutely. If you're a financial advisor who has clients who are physicians, uh, absolutely. Because think of the value you can bring to your client and and put this all together. So another advocate on your team. Ethan, thank you. Um, thank you for what you do. This is really, really cool. And um, I, I think there's a great future for you and a lot of help for for many people so thank you for being my guest on expert speak yeah thanks for having me michael this has been great thanks for listening to expert speak with michael delon if what you've heard today was helpful to you reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success freedom and purpose in your life